Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now, the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, Mets fans. Welcome back to Amazing Avenue Audio, the show. It's Brian and Chris. We're back with our, uh, I guess this is a tradition, it's at least the third year we've done this, which is an end-of-the-year music roundup. Uh, for anyone who listens to the show on a regular basis, you'll know that we have lots of music opinions, and we, we do share a recommendation each and every week. But this is going to be uh, a little bit bigger than that. We're going to be doing uh, five albums, four from the decade that just passed, uh, any of the years, and one specifically from 2019. So uh, before we get started, though, Chris, how have you been? Pretty good. Got, uh, you know, got to the new year. Can't yeah. take that for granted. So that's that's always nice. Um, it's been a good past few weeks. Uh, I don't know if I've specifically mentioned the name of the, the, the puppy that we got recently, but uh, Yoda, who is appropriately named... Uh, during the week of the first week of the Mandalorian airing <laughs> on Disney Plus, um, he's he's a puppy, but he's doing well, so that's that's good. Um, you know, it's the, you have challenging moments, but it's all worth it, and and there's progress, so that's important to see. And it's our first puppy experience, um, so we're learning a lot. <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, uh, puppies are, uh, they're a thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> Good moments and bad moments. 
But anyway, let's talk about some good musical moments. Uh, I guess let's save 2019 for the end. So yeah. tell us tell us one of your records from uh, earlier this decade. So I guess I'll start with uh, Parquet Courts, who, you know, it was kind of funny. They, they had played Wilco's Festival Solid Sound, uh, the first one we went to, I think, in 2013. Except we didn't know them yet, so we didn't, we didn't realize that we had seen them, or we're not even sure that if we did, you know, because even though it's a small festival, like all festivals, there's multiple stages, sometimes there's a little overlap, that kind of thing. Um, and it took a few years after that, but, you know, two or three. But once we started to get into them, it was like I, I said to uh, Brock, who old old uh, listeners or readers uh, of the site would know Brock Mahan's work on this date in Mets history. And if not, it still gets linked to uh, pretty regularly. He did a big chunk of those along with uh, one or two other folks. But uh, we're at a parquet court show and I'm like, man, these guys would be a good fit for solid sound. And Brock was like, oh, they already played it. And he hadn't been. And we were there when they played it. <laughs> So that that's my backstory. Um, so even though this was earlier in the decade in terms of when it was was released, I came to it later. Um, but the record Light Up Gold, uh, I think that was the one where they they blew up. And I mean, it makes sense. Stoned and Starving was the single off of that, which is just a great song about living in New York City. Um, and, and in their case, wandering the streets of Ridgewood, Queens. Um, but that song, and then that song's later in the record, but the first two master of my craft and borrowed time, which are basically one song. I mean, they're two songs, but they're so joined at the hip, uh, that, you know, they still play them together when they play them live. Uh, yeah, they, they put out other great records, uh, all of which their entire career was in the decade that just ended uh less than 24 hours ago um but yeah light up gold would be the one that i would say has the best mix of catchiness uh and energy um you know it, it kind of funny that like 2019 was the year that it really gained that status for me i i'd started listening to it over the last you know three years roughly but just Certain things with it struck a chord with me more recently. So mm. it it could be a case of recency bias personally, but it came out in 2012, uh, you know, in real time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that I believe of the ones that I've picked from the decade, that is, that is the earliest. Okay. Um, I will continue that trend and go with my earliest pick as well. Um, so I, I think it's, it's really rare and uh, really fun to have something happen with an album that is rare. And the the album I'm going to talk about first is from 2011, and it's very rare that a band sets out to make their final record and doing so purposely and not because they are at wit's end or their money is running out or somebody quits or dies but they decide, you know, when the decision is made, okay, we're going to make one last album and we're going to sort of do 
what we do best on this album. And that's what R.E.M. did with their final record, Collapse Into Now. They had decided, I guess it was when, when they were touring on the album before this, Accelerate, they had decided they were going to do one more album and then call it quits. They weren't going to tour anymore. They were just going to make one, you know, one last record and then and then go off into the sunset. And it is, uh, if not, it's definitely not my favorite REM record. I'm a pretty big REM fan, but it's it's in my top five because I think it does a lot of the things that REM does really well, and it does it all, you know, uh, in one place. Whereas, you know, if you want sort of a, a the ballad period of REM, that doesn't really rub up against the sort of fast, uh, punkier stuff. And that stuff doesn't really rub up against the more conceptual, weirder stuff. And uh, Collapse Into Now has all of that on the same disc. And so I, I really appreciate that part of it. But more than anything, it's just there was a, a period of time in the early aughts when REM put out their worst record, Around the Sun, it's it, I mean, the band acknowledges it's their worst record. It's, it's really not very good. And I think a lot of people, myself included, sort of felt like, all right, well, this is, you know, there's enough goodwill over the last 20 years. We can accept a band that is going to be diminishing returns from here on out and good for them. And REM basically said they refused to accept that as a status quo. And so they made two incredible records back-to-back to prove they could still do it and then and then walked away. And I, I really respect the level of uh, self-awareness and um, sort of balls it takes to to roll the dice on yourself that way. And they did. And uh, the, my, my sort of one demerit that I'll put on the record is if they were trying to do like the ultimate REM album, there's probably too many guest stars on it. There are some folks that show up to... Uh, sing backing vocals to sometimes share lead vocals at times and nobody is so egregious that you're like you know rolling your eyes at it but I think there's something special about when a band decides they want to be done to keeping it just the core of the band and being doing one last record that is just them and it's not quite that but it's 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 really good and I think a lot of people myself included until a, a year or two ago just sort of wrote off everything that R.E.M. did after their uh, drummer Bill Berry left in 97 or 98, whatever that was. And uh, I think that looking back on that stuff after he left, the the peaks definitely aren't as high after he left. But I think that I was, I was wrong about how low the valleys were also. So I'm really glad that I, I took the time to reevaluate those records and so that's my first pick collapse into now by rem nice i like it and i know that's a band that you you've said i think on the show uh, and certainly to me uh, obviously they've been around for a long time but you, you kind of dove in fully on them a little bit later <clears throat> yeah right yeah i uh when I was younger, I for some reason I think I had read an interview with Michael Stipe. I didn't like what he said. Like I, I was in middle school and I was this you know righteous shithead, and I basically said like, "Oh, I'm not, I don't like REM." Blah blah blah. And uh, you know, I, <laughs> as you do when you're twelve, right? Um, but then I, I sort of had a growing appreciation as time went on, and uh, in the sort in my college years, a friend of mine sort of got in my ear about how dumb I was being about REM, and so I I. I I started paying more attention then, but it was not until like 2015 or 2016 maybe 
that I really started to dive in and I I went hard for them. So it's also it's it's fun to go back sometimes and find a new band and be like, oh, there's eleven albums to check out. That's awesome. <laughs> so I, I think that's a very fun experience and also a, a sort of very uh, 2010s experience because of Spotify and Apple Music and all these other streaming services. It's so much easier to do that. It's so much easier to do the the hard work to find out stuff about a new band or or, or a band that's new to you rather. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, absolutely, man. Yeah. What's your uh, what's your second pick? So are we going to go in in uh in year order here? I just came to me as as we were I, I'm good with that. I, I just want to know so I can arrange my list. Yeah, yeah, why not? Okay, um sure. So I I happened to talk about that one first and it was early in the decade, so Yeah, we'll go with that. So uh, Moving up for me to 2015, um, Kendrick Lamar to Pimp a Butterfly. Um, I, I, I would not say, uh, to borrow a title from Ted Berg, the world's foremost expert. I wouldn't say I'm that when it comes to hip hop, but I've, I've listened to a pretty good amount of it over the years. Um, definitely had like a big phase in high school. Uh, there was a lot of outcasts. Dre, Eminem, Snoop, um, and, and and others, for sure. But there was a period where maybe I'd occasionally do like a nostalgia listen. Um, and I was still aware of other things that were going on, other things that were good. But to Pimp a Butterfly, just like, man, that, that hit so hard the first time that I heard it. Um, I got to hear it and see him play a show at Terminal 5, which he was already way bigger than that venue at the time of that show. Um, I think it was late in 2015. No, it was definitely late in 2015 because it was right after the Mets run to the World Series. Um, I think it was like the Monday night after they were eliminated or some some craziness, you know? Uh Um, uh, Yeah, so that record... Just the the combination of, of samples that are used on it, um, original music, and then you brought up guest stars, so that's a nice segue into this. Like George Clinton, Dre, Snoop, uh, and several other people are on it, and it's all like seamless. It's just it works. Um, so it just it, it gave uh, it kind of gave new life to the genre from my perspective and you know i've been lucky enough to see some pretty good performers over the years but he is just on his own level when it comes to live hip-hop um you know it can be a harder thing to pull off uh, i just because of the the nature of you know it's just you and a microphone usually or, or several people and just microphones um but yeah, that that combination of it all, um, and, and I know this album was widely, widely praised. Uh, some best of the decade list, it's number one. Uh, a lot of others, it's you know, top five or ten. And uh, I still haven't done mine uh, for an entire list of the decade, but it it'll be somewhere in that stratosphere, uh, somewhere very close to the top. So yeah, it. 
it was just a it, it was a nice thing to find out about. And again, like Parquet Courts, you know, not not a band or or musician that I was in on the ground level. Uh, but hey, nothing wrong with that. No, <laughs> definitely not. How do you feel about Damn? Because I know that 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 can be a controversial topic for some. Uh, some yeah. think it's it, it's a really great record. Some think it's a huge drop off from to of a butterfly. Yeah, I mean it's I don't. There's a few tracks on it that I that I love. Um, overall, I don't feel nearly the same way about it as a as an album in its entirety. Um, but the stuff that I'm not totally in love with, I don't think it sucks or anything. Uh, it's just like, I mean. Untitled Unmastered was basically all stuff that was cut from the Butterfly sessions. Um, so I guess including that isn't really fair. But if you took the songs that he's on, you know, in uh, in the Black Panther soundtrack, uh-huh. and then like the better half, or, or my more favorite half of uh, of Damn, and collected all of that, like it's still been a, a lot of good work since then and it's also been now a year or two since he's put out anything right which feels weird for a guy who was being uh, who was so active so i'm excited to see what he does next and i think it would be unfair to expect every record to have um kind of that outstanding feel (laughs) yeah that this one does it's hard to match but um you know i think the combination of uh, sort of the the band he recorded with, and then his his own, I mean, his writing and his delivery are just top notch. So you know, I I I would say this about pretty much anyone. Um, I know. Have you heard the Ozzy Osbourne um, with? Uh, oh, geez. Uh, Post Malone. Have you heard that song? I I, I have not, and uh, I was not even aware it was a thing. It is a thing, and hey, it, the, the little tangent here, but it's relevant to Damn. Uh, good for Sharon Osbourne keeping Ozzy relevant. That like <laughs> Post Malone did a song with him and brought him out on stage at a show, and you know you can't understand Ozzy when he speaks, but he goes in and when he sings, <laughs> he he sounds like himself. Um, but you know it there's there's those auto-tune ish kind of moments and damn had some of those with kendrick that i just didn't think were necessary mm-hmm. agree especially especially on his own voice like i know i'm inclined to dislike that sound no matter who it is but you know the the song with uh the weekend from black panther uh-huh. um that has that sound in it but he sounds like just himself and that that's the similar thing with with ozzy for most of the collaboration on that post malone song ozzy sounds like himself there's there's like it gets to a part where i think they used it a little bit on him mm-hmm. and, and a ton on post malone um so yeah i'd say if kendrick just leaves the auditune aside and you know does more stuff with instruments that that would be a more up my alley. Uh, but yeah, clearly the dude knows what he's doing. 
So yeah, it's interesting talking about sort of artists that come out the gate really prolific and then for whatever reason backtrack from that a little bit. I often wonder if that's a, a case of like you're working as absolute hard as you can to make a name for yourself, but then once that name for yourself is made, there is such scrutiny on you that you begin to be more precious about your work because you don't want to be, you don't want to ruin the reputation that you've worked so hard to build. And so when it used to be, I have to keep putting stuff out because people need to know who I am. Once they know who you are, you don't want to fuck that up. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I will say on damn, I love, uh, early on, he, he has the recording of Fox news talking heads, uh, you know, criticizing him. Uh-huh. And I, I love that. And obviously that's somebody who's aware um, so many of his performances over over the course of the decade happened on big stages, whether it was the usually the Grammys, I guess. But, um, you know, the Grammys or Colbert shows or you know, whether it was the rapport or, you know, yeah, the late show um, and and the, the larger ones at the award shows and that kind of thing were very theatrical, very, very political uh, you know, so it just it felt like he was ever present when something big was going on for for a while. And it, again, it hasn't been that long, but I'm just looking forward to him coming back out. And I don't know if he has anything coming out this year, but I would love if he had a record that came out and, you know, was uh, sort of a, another. I guess I would love to see the and, and I know a lot of the stuff he's recorded is political in different ways, um, but I would love to see that sort of political statement record uh sometime soon given the uh the times that we're in yes i i completely agree um excellent excellent choice uh that that is one of those records that i listened to so much when it first came out and then have not really gone back to and actually i was reflecting on this recently how i have just my hip-hop listening has gone down so much over the last half decade or so and part of that, I'm sure, is that I listen to a lot of music, like, out loud in my home, and I have two small kids running around, and so I'm, I'm much more cognizant about what I'm playing when the kids are around. And so because of that, a lot of hip-hop doesn't get played because of language concerns, you know? Um, right, but, yeah. But, uh, but it's also... certain words you don't want your kid to just blurt <laughs> out at school. Yes, ex- exactly. Um and so, you know, because of that, I just have not been as listening to as much hip hop. But I really feel like my how can I say this? I, I, I like the way music sounds to me when hip hop is a steady part of my diet because it's so different from everything else I listen to that it, it helps me to I don't know, it just it just sets up the rest of my listening. Really nicely. I like the way a diverse a diverse set of of records works together. So I would like to get back into some more hip hop and maybe going back through the uh, the Kendrick discography is a good way to start that. So excellent recommendation. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, so my next one is uh, it's funny. My next two were released one week apart. And so I, I knew they were both 2015 records, so I had to look up when they came out. This one was released May 19th, 2015. Next one is May 26th, 2015. So uh, this is um, a record called Simple Songs by Jim O'Rourke. O'Rourke is a frequent Wilco collaborator. He yeah, he mixed uh, Yankee, Hotel, yeah, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. He is one-third of... Loose Fur with Wilco members Glenn Kochi and Jeff Tweedy. He co-produced and played on A Ghost is Born and played a little bit as well on uh, Sky Blue Sky. So, uh, But O'Rourke as a, as a singer-songwriter is, is really interesting. I, I don't think that his... I don't think that his solo records that are song-based... He does a lot of sort of more ambient... Uh, records as well his more song-based records do not sound at all like somebody who is known for making sort of quote difficult music you know i i think he says in the wilco documentary i am trying to break your heart that he knew or it might be in the bonus materials somewhere in that package he says that he knew that as soon as he came aboard that album he was going to start being blamed for the weirder parts of it because people just blame him when things get weird. But if you listen to his solo work, his songs aren't that weird. They're they're very, very well-crafted sort of indie pop songs that have a really, uh, just a, a, a meticulously constructed feel to them. You can tell that every every part is really well thought out, is really well-considered. And uh, for this record, and for everything since, Jim O'Rourke has lived in Japan. So this is made with primarily uh, Japanese musicians backing him up. The The first song on the album is probably the one that, if anyone has heard a song from this album, it's that one. It's called Friends with Benefits. It was the first single. And, you know, each of the songs, except for two of them, e- three of them rather, each of them hover over the five-minute mark. And they're a little bit longer, and they they just do some some fun, interesting things when the song uh, when the song gets past sort of the second chorus. There's a lot of interesting instrumental sections. Nothing gets like guitar solo-y on it, but just really interesting B and C sections to these songs. And I really like O'Rourke's voice. It's it's a it's a deep voice. It's not a voice I think you typically hear a lot in in modern pop music or rock music uh and yeah uh i i love 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 the two loose fur records he did with with tweedy and kochi and uh, i wish they would do another album together i believe that the rumor is that they have recorded another album together but it has not been mixed or released yet so hopefully that happens soon but until then i can't recommend uh simple songs by jim o'rourke enough it's it's it's, it's already now almost five years old and he doesn't seem to release more than one or two records like this a decade. So 
you know, it might be still another five or so years before we get another one. So enjoy it. Uh, I, I do want to say there there is a, there's a bit of the press materials for this record that called him the latter-day Phil Spector. Uh, they do not mean the murder stuff. They mean the sort right. of uh, wall of sound stuff. And I don't know if that's the best explanation for what he does, but it sort of gives a little bit of an idea as to what uh, Jim O'Rourke does musically. So, yeah, that's my uh, that's my second selection. Nice. Yeah, no, O'Rourke is somebody who I need to dive in, and it's hard because a lot of his stuff isn't on Spotify. Correct. Including um, this record, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, hey, that's okay. <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he's somebody I need to really dig into because the things that I've heard him on, I love. Um, Do you like those loose fur records? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, it's on my to do list. And I took advantage of a uh, a Bandcamp sale a couple of years ago and picked up pretty much his entire discography. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. It is all uh, on Bandcamp. So if that is something our listeners use, I would encourage you to pick up his records that way. As somebody who's in a band that uses Bandcamp, I also encourage everybody to use Bandcamp. <laughs> I was going to jokingly just list the Los Hot Quesos record five times. Nice. Uh, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Bandcamp, at least from our experience with it, uh, treats artists pretty well. You know, it's uh, obviously it's a business of its own, but, you know, they have a lot of tools that are free and, um, in terms of selling things on there, it's you know you, you do you do all right when you when you sell stuff through them. So uh, I feel like Bandcamp would be like this is like the uh, the part of the podcast where their ad would play. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but another nice segue um, from from what you were just talking about. Uh, also, still in 2015, uh, the Wilco album Star Wars. Um, it's funny, it, the, uh, I go back and forth between the, this one and Schmilko in terms of which one's my favorite, but one, uh, the ballsiness, as, as you recently referenced as well, of putting out a record called Star Wars <laughs> at all. Two, they did it without any like pre-announcement or press or anything. They just, on a day in July of 2015, they said, we put it on a record. It's free. Here it is. Like, go get it. Enjoy. And it, I mean, the, the digital version was free. They, you know, they still sold vinyl and, and CDs and all that kind of stuff. And, but, you know, it was just this kind of, they kept it under wraps. Um, and then they just dropped this record with this crazy name and they got away with it. Nobody ever sued them for it. They had a contingency plan in case somebody did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um to rename it cease and desist so yeah it, that that's all all that stuff is great but if the music was bad then you know what good is any of that but i really just like the way that it kind of all worked together um like individually there are several songs on it that i that i love um but it it, it really feels like an album to me uh and, and it's just I don't know. Maybe it's because we saw them live when they were touring it. And when they when they toured it, they played it start to finish to start the show every night. And then, you know, did 
the rest of the set list from uh, everything else in the catalog up to that point. So, yeah, it's just um, it's got some cool sounds to it that that rock out. Um, it's like rocking out with restraint, and there's some really cool like staccato moments. Um, if, if it makes sense to describe it that way, but you know, everything's on point. Uh, it can, it can get a little like more, uh, ethereal at times. Uh, but it can also just be sharp. Siri thought ethereal was Siri. Um, (laughs) it's an, it's an interesting blend and mix, uh, that I feel like they made work together really well. And, you know, it, it's um, it, it starts with a bunch of like Nell's weirdness and it ends with uh, sort of very Michael Jorkinson heavy. He's in the credits as a co-writer, which is rare uh, for Wilco songs to have anybody other than Jeff Tweedy as, as the writing credit, um, you know, but it and I think in between those two points. It, it does a nice job of uh, sort of touching on everybody's strengths. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, it was, I mean, 2015, I know they didn't win the World Series, but like the Mets doing what they did combined with other, th- like the these records that came out, like it felt like a pretty damn good year. You yeah. know? Yeah. The, the election hadn't happened yet. <laughs> Yeah, these records were coming out. The Mets were flying high up until the very end. Um, you know, it was it was all pretty good. Um, yeah. So uh, I am firmly on Team Star Wars versus Team uh, Schmilko. Okay. I think uh, I think Schmilko might be my least favorite Wilco record. Ah. Uh, not that it's bad. I I, I like a lot of it. I just felt like I don't know why you have a band full of guys like Nils Klein and Michael Jorgensen and then make an album that is so quiet all you can hear is the acoustic guitars. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just feel like that that album does not utilize the band as well as other records of theirs do. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I get that. I would still love another record that was as heavy as ghost is born yes was with the current players uh yes. which it was it to be fair it was everybody except nels but i would, no, I would love pat no no pat on that record either oh yeah that's right yep okay um, good point <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean i i i definitely agree uh with that with that sentiment and uh you know who knows who knows what they'll do in the future i i, I think that What's what's the best part about being a Wilco fan is that try as you might, you may never really know what they're going to do record to record because Tweety and Co. just kind of follow their muse and they make no apologies for that, which is the best part. I I, I want there there's a good reason that I buy records and I go see shows because I trust the people who are making them to do interesting things, and I think that very few bands have done as much to gain and keep my dollar as Wilco has by just refusing to be anything other than 
their most interesting version at all times. Like, even yeah. if you don't like, and I know you and I have talked maybe off podcast about how this most recent record is neither of our favorite Wilco albums. But I think that when you spend some time with the album, it becomes pretty clear that they, uh, they had a very specific thing they were going for and they went for it. And it really doesn't matter what any of us think, because they were going to go for this very specific vision. And, uh, I would rather a band do that and strike out, you know, to use baseball terms, you know, to have, to have a high strikeout rate, but because I think that you're also more apt to have really interesting records come out of that. Yeah. Yeah, man. So good, good pick there, buddy. Oh, thanks. Uh, so my next record came out, as I said, one week after, and I believe I heard about this band from all places on the NPR show Radio Lab. Um, they did a whole episode on this band, which is very, very rare for them to do. Uh, I, I don't believe I've ever heard another music-based episode of uh, of Radiolab. But the band is called Dawn of Midi, and you would think with a title like that that it would be um, sort of electronic-based music, but but it is not. It is it is instrumental. It is. I'm trying to find the exact uh, lineup of the band, uh, but they are. They're, a th- I believe, a three-piece, and they do these sort of very long. And when I say very, long, I don't mean like. I guess long for typical like uh, typical pop songs, not long for like yes records or whatever. Uh, but they do these like six, seven, eight minute long instrumental pieces that just grow and grow and grow. They usually start with a very sort of minimalist riff or pattern and just build on top of that. It's, it's a, I, I thought this was the lineup, but I wanted to make sure it's bass, piano, and drums. It's sort of a very traditional jazz trio uh, lineup, but they make something that is not at all like traditional jazz. It just builds and builds and builds and is is repetitive, but in a way that allows you to be put into like a almost a, a trance by it. Um, that's the best way I can describe it. Uh, their album is called Dysnomia, and it's one of those things where you could listen to it and not realize that the tracks have changed because it just sort of slowly evolves over your course of uh, of listening to it. But it's it's really a very striking record to me. It's it's one of the things I have come back to the most since it came out. It just seems like it's this this. I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it to me. It's it's like it's and I've used this phrase I think on the podcast about another record, but it's like the absolute perfect getting shit done around the house music. Nice. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, I'm looking at this out. They played Solid Sound. In 2017. All right. Well, I missed them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you think you missed them. <laughs> you might have been walking by and uh, and enjoyed that, their sounds on Friday night. Uh, yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So I think Friday night is, I think, the, the least uh, like the least populated uh, night. So you might have just seen them when setting up your tent or heard them while setting up your tent or whatever. Mm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, 
definitely not for people who need lyrics or melody because you'll find neither really here but right. I, I find it a really really entrancing listen and I come back to it all the time so yeah uh, Dawn of Midi Dysnomia and they have not released anything since so hopefully 2020 is the next uh, the next Dawn of Midi era yeah yeah man I'm intrigued you should be yes <laughs> <laughs> alright what's next for you uh, so 2016 and, and man, we're coming up in four years since this record came out and there's a lot of things about the new decade and all that that feel like, Oh, wow, that's weird. Um, but for whatever reason, the, the other three records I mentioned, even though they weren't that much earlier, <clears throat> don't, they, they feel like they were longer ago. Uh, Radiohead, a moon shaped pool came out in 2016. Um, I think it's as good as anything they've ever done, and I've liked, I've liked pretty much everything they they have done. Um, but man, this record, that like the first two tracks, I think were the ones that they released videos yes. for. Or, yeah. yeah, and they were, and they're both really good. But then it gets like even way better as it goes beyond. The, like I feel like they're they're two tracks that make sense to start the record. Um, and then just, yeah, uh, I, I, it's hard to even describe. It's Radiohead. It sounds like Radiohead. You know, they're not, um, they don't sound wildly different. And uh, it's not as, you know, they, they don't rock quite as hard as they did on, on some of the records that they've put out uh, in the in this century. But... It, it, it's just fu- yeah it's just fucking perfect like <laughs> I, I i go back to it a lot um finally got it as a, a christmas gift on vinyl this year so i'm you know gonna be able to delve into that format and, and really just listen to it um you know as much as i love the uh, availability of digital music and the fact that you don't have to really think too hard to get whatever you're in the mood to listen to uh, playing wherever you are. That's all nice, but there is definitely something uh, even nicer about needing to make that decision of, okay, you know, I want to put this record on uh, and commit to it and commit to flipping it. And, you know, in this case, uh, I think it's a double LP. Yeah, it has to be, Um, you know, flipping the record, changing to the other disc, that kind of thing. And, and just listening to it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not one who, uh, avoids spending time looking at screens, but, and very few are, but so much of listening to music is while you're looking at a screen. Um, so there's just something that I think, uh, is different about the experience where you're not, or you don't have to be, you can, you know, but you can just play music and maybe do other stuff, but not be uh, not, your eyes aren't focused on anything else. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have it in that format. And um, yeah, they, they they know what they're doing. Um, you know, they've they've definitely kind of 
march to the beat of their own drum when it comes to releasing things and and all that and being wildly successful like they are allows you that freedom <laughs> but but yeah uh as the uh, you know as as the last few records have come out uh i've enjoyed all of them but I, this one really felt like it was like the exclamation point on this era of radiohead yeah i i think it's um i i've wondered since it was released and and this is again a nice sort of tie into what we've talked about here i'm interested to get your take on this do you think this is the last radiohead album um, I'm going to guess no, only because I know Tom York's done some solo stuff, uh, recently, but they just, I mean, they've, they've gone on average, what, four and a half years between records. Yeah. Going back to 2003, you know, they put out a bunch of records in a relatively short span of time uh, around the turn of the century. And then four years, five years, four years in between. Um, I, I'm just going to guess, no, I just, I just didn't get that feeling seeing them play on that tour and, and all that. I hope I'm right. Cause I think they, they have more in them, but see, I, I've seen some people posit the idea that, so for, for those that, that maybe aren't, uh, Radiohead devotees. The last song on the record is called "True Love Waits," and that's a song that was originally played, I believe, on either the Benz tour or the OK Computer tour. Do you remember which one it was? Um, I don't know. Yeah, uh, here uh, first performed in 1995. Okay, so it had been in the works for a very long time, and people f- felt that maybe um, it was including that as the last song was sort of closing the book. On, on at least a version of Radiohead, that this was going to be sort of the uh, the final the final production of of what we've come to know as Radiohead. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but I I could I could sort of see it. I think that Radiohead is going to have, I mean, offers to to play and to make records forever. But it seems like all those guys have a lot going on in their own lives as well so if it's not the last radiohead record i could sort of see it being the last maybe traditional lp they release maybe doing you know shorter singles or eps whatever in the future um just just a feeling some folks had uh, around the time of its release i don't know i don't know if i exactly agree with it or not but you know something i've thought about a little bit yeah, well, selfishly, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, same here. I, I think I think it would be pretty ballsy to go out on a record that good too. Yeah, but yeah. All right, uh, another another excellent an excellent excellent choice. I'm also glad uh, both Star Wars and a Moonshape Pool were in my contention to talk about. Oh, so good. I'm, nice. I'm glad. I'm glad I did not. <laughs> I tried to pick stuff that would not lead to any overlap. So. Uh, We'll see. Here we go. We're about to hit my fourth, so we're almost home free here. Um... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Number, number uh, four on my list is a uh, 2018 release. And it is Janelle Monet's Dirty Computer. I am a, a pretty big fan of Monet's, specifically her work in the decade we're talking about. She released three full length records The Arc Android, The Electric Lady, and this one, Dirty Computer. Uh, I think she has maybe my favorite voice in music right now. I love the, the timbre of her singing voice. And she both does really great pop songs, but also is one of the best out there right now at making an album feel cohesive. I feel like each of her records has had a very specific feel, a specific tone to it, even though there are lots of guests that pop up on the record, different producers sometimes that, that come and go. I mean, this record features, you know, her, her sort of main producer is... Uh, a guy named uh, Nate Rocket Wonder, who's in the uh, band Deep Cotton, or the, the collective Deep Cotton, I guess. But this record features uh, Stevie Wonder, John Bryan, Brian Wilson, uh, Thundercat, a, a lot of people who I really respect and appreciate. And they all pop up a little bit, but none of them really take the attention away from from what the record is, which is a Janelle Monet album. Uh the song Make Me Feel on this is basically the best song Prince never recorded. <laughs> it's it's a very, very Princey song, and I'm a big Prince fan, so that makes me feel very good. But overall, I think she is doing great pop music. I think her lyrics are oftentimes provocative and interesting. I said I, I just absolutely love the sound of her voice. And she's one of the artists of the last decade that I feel is continuing to gain popularity and critical success without compromising any of her artistic vision. And, I mean, she made a full-length, basically, movie to accompany this album. And it's weird and, uh, I'll say it, not that good, but, but she is she is trying to do something unique, something different. And especially in the R&B pop world, I think it's great to see people doing that sort of stuff. So that is my fourth pick, Dirty Computer by Janelle Monet. Nice. Yeah, that's uh that that is one I I've I've heard the name. I don't think I've heard any of the music. Um but by I her was, or by from that album. By, by her. So oh, I think You're in or for maybe, a treat. maybe maybe I have and just haven't realized it, but um but yeah, I will I will have to check it out. You're in for a treat, my friend. All right, what is your final? Good. What is your final selection? So uh, overall, with with you know talking about the decade and everything, we were uh, trying not to overlap too much with things we've already talked about. Uh, but all the 2019 records that I loved, uh, I think I mentioned over the course of the year. Um, when you talk about new records every week. Yes. So, <laughs> and I think I think not all, but a good chunk of what we talked about had, had come out uh, 
during the year. At so, least half of it, if not more. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, Wand, uh, the record's called Laughing Matter. Uh, it was one that, like, the first time one of my closest friends recommended it, and we're, we're on a very similar wavelength musically, um, I, I, I guess I just didn't have the patience to get into it. Um, and it's not that challenging or anything. It was just sort of like, hmm, okay. Like, I, I got why it was intriguing and everything. Um, and then once you get into it, you're like, how did anybody ever? Like, of course, this is the best <laughs> record. Like, uh, And for me, it was seeing half of their set at Solid Sound earlier in the year, seeing their full set at, uh, at Desert Days. Uh, although by the time we had gotten out there, I had already totally fallen in love with the record um it's it's a relatively long one um i think lengthwise i didn't i didn't really spell it all out but i I have a pretty decent idea of what these all you know how long they take it it might not be the longest record of the ones i've talked about on this episode but you know it, it comes in at almost 70 minutes and it just similar to some things I've said about other ones, you know, it, it, it all works together. Um, but it, it works together and yet the songs don't rely on each other to stand out. Um, so you could, you could pluck a song out of here, play it on its own and, you know, it can blow you away. And it's also part of a larger thing. Um, so it's, I, I, it's going to be my next vinyl purchase because I just didn't, you know, didn't get around to, to doing it and I need to do it because it's just, uh, it deserves to be part of that collection. Uh, it's gotten the hell played out of it on Spotify by me over the last six to eight months. And yeah, if uh, if you like Radiohead, then these guys make sense. Um, but they're not, you know, they're, they're, they're not just influenced by them. Uh, but it's just if you like if you like them, I'm pretty sure you would like Wand and especially this record. Uh, and even if you don't like Radiohead, you might still like this record anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the standout songs, um, Wonder is the eighth track and one of my favorite things um, anybody's recorded. Uh, but Wonder, Rio Grande, Walkie Talkie, and Scarecrow. Um, those That's not the order they're in on the record, but those four, uh, yeah, they they just are among my favorite uh, stuff. And, and I think I can say for all these records, all five of them, uh, and, and the thought comes to mind with this one. I never feel like I want to skip a track. And there are artists I love who I do that to sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, I think about it that way. Like I'm, I'm like I'm doing it to them. I'm insulting them by by hitting next <laughs> as I listen to the record. Um, but th- th- there's never that temptation. Sometimes with this one, I'll jump in at like one of my favorite songs. Uh, but if I just hit play at the beginning. I'm, I'm never like, oh, nope, 
don't need that one or that one. You know, it's just, uh, it's on that level. So I think I'm, I'm always more inclined to be patient with bands that I like, uh, on, on, in this kind of way. Mm -hmm. But, but, uh, I can genuinely say that I'm never one to skip over a track once I dive into this. So yeah, that's, that's my last one. A nice choice as well. Um, and I, I think one thing I was talking about actually last night with uh, some friends at New Year's Eve uh, dinner was about the idea of the the album and how for a, a generation of people now they don't really consider music in the album form and how right. that's still how I primarily think about music. And I care way more about how a record feels from front to back than almost anything else when it comes to... like the, the albums that I like, for the most part, have a feel or a tone that is carried through an entire, you know, 30 to 70 minutes or whatever it is. Do you do you still think of music that way as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, I will say... I'm not saying the album format is the best way to do things because it's the way it's always been, you know, like, Oh, it, it, that's how we've always done it. Uh, but I love it. And, <laughs> and, and I'm glad it, I, I know it's not necessarily the way music is consumed, um, by everyone, but I'm glad it's still the standard format because I just think it's, um, I, I don't know. It, it could just be because that, that's how I, first started taking in music um but yeah I, i'm glad i'm glad it's still around uh yeah i mean i i'm i am so obsessed with the album format that like so uh, a number of years ago kim deal of the breeders and formerly of the pixies released a uh, i think it was six uh singles that each had you know two uh, literal vinyl seven inch singles so there were two songs per single and I have compiled that into an album I listen to all the time. Uh, you know, when when bands release soundtrack songs or B-sides, whatever, I will often compile them into a 40 to 60 minute playlist and, and listen to them that way. I just, I, to me, that feels like the right way to listen to music. And I know most of the world disagrees with me at this point, but that's okay. Um, all right, well, well, my final record of the year is uh, one I did not talk about on the show, so I, I'm... I am proud of myself for finding one. I was I was 100% sure when we started this that I was going to be talking about a record we already talked about, but I, I tried hard to find one we hadn't spoken about just because I wanted to present something extra out there. And so this is a band, a, 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 I guess it's a it's one person, but they tour and I think sometimes record with other musicians, and it's not their birth name. The, the outfit is called J-Som, S-O-M, and it's a singer-songwriter named Melina Dutuerte. Dutuerte, I believe that's correct. Um, and the album is called Anakko, which is a, a phrase in Tagalog, which is uh, one of the languages spoken in the Philippines. And uh, I, I really hate describing music. I just want people to listen to it. But I had heard, heard this artist described a couple of years ago as dream pop. And that's a pretty good way to describe it. It's very, um, lots of electric guitars with, you know, uh, reverb and chorus and those sorts of effects on it. A very dreamlike uh, sound. 
but really, really amazing songs. I'm I'm really very impressed with how Duterte's songwriting has progressed over the last couple of years. And uh, both this and one of the songs from Wilco's uh, Star Wars have had uh, episodes of the podcast Song Exploder about it, which is one of my favorite uh, podcasts. It's a uh, it's a show where they um, they take apart one song and you sort of hear every bit of it. You'll hear the drum track by itself and the vocals isolated, and it just shows you how the song is put together. And so there's a song on this record called Tenderness, and that is uh, that's one of the songs that was featured this season on Song Exploder. And hearing the song sort of built from the ground up made me appreciate it even more. And now when I hear it, I'm hearing all the individual parts in different ways. I think a lot of times, just because of the way that I listen to music, if I'm listening to something... I can get lost in my thoughts or lost in the work I'm doing on the screen or lost on the Mets game on mute that I'm listening to the music, you know, uh, while, while watching or whatever. And uh, I can, I can sort of lose out on the smaller details until I'm really like listening, you know, on headphones very carefully. And having heard the, uh, the song exploder episode, now I feel like whenever I hear this album, I'm just way better at noticing all those little nuances that make the record special. So, yeah, that's my final pick, Anakko by J-Som. Um, well, good job, Chris. This was fun. Thanks, man. You too. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, <clears throat> I hope... I hope everyone who's listened will give all 10 of these records a shot. Uh, I'd imagine most people have one of them in their rotation already. <laughs> if, I would hope if, so, yeah. If they're drawn to this. Uh, but even if, hey, if they're all 10 are new to you, I hope you give them a listen. And if only five of them are, I, I hope for the same. So Yeah, uh, what I'll do is I will put together a quick playlist tonight on Spotify of the nine records that are on Spotify. Sorry, my Jim O'Rourke pick is not on there. But you can find those songs elsewhere. Maybe I'll put a link to a YouTube link to one of the songs or something like that. Yeah. And uh, so just so folks can take a listen to it and uh, let us know what you think about about the songs. Um, I mean, the records, rather. Uh, you can tweet at either of us. Let us know. Chris is at Chris McShane. I am at Brian Needs a Nap. You can email us, aaaudiopodcast at gmail.com. You can go to Amazing Avenue and find our work there. This has been a, a sort of a slow holiday season for us, which is a really nice thing, but we're gearing up again. We have our, our prospect lists going up right now which is a big, big labor of love for, from, from our minor league staff, and they do an incredible job with it. So make sure to check all that out for sure. Um, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Amazing Avenue. Find this show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Anywhere you get podcasts, you can find this show more or less. So please do so. Um, so we have a little bit of Mets news we haven't talked about yet. We haven't discussed the recent signing of Dylan Batansis. We'll get to that next time, and hopefully we'll have something else to talk about uh, the Mets will do between now and then. But in case they don't, until next time, let's go Mets.